Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 209 of the Bone Bad Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? Uh, let me tell you, a little update. I know a lot of people are worried about our beer and candy episode and, and my, <laughs> my spill. My keyboard is, I think the technical term for it is screwed. It's screwed. <laughs> I, I popped off a key to try to figure out why some of the keys were no longer working. The Control key appears to be hosed, and what I saw inside was just the most horrific mess of sugar and cat hair, and it was an absolute horror show. 
inside the guts of my keyboard. I don't think the keyboard is ever going to recover from that podcast. Maybe I just have to make do without a control key on my keyboard anymore. I, I think that you should give that keyboard a Viking funeral. You should <laughs> float it out into the middle of your swimming pool. You should shoot a flaming arrow at it, and then you should buy a new keyboard. That's what I think you should do. I don't own a flaming bow. Can I borrow yours? No, you just you light the arrow. You don't light the whole bow. Geez, do I have to lead you all the way to the water with this one? Oh, that, that would explain a lot. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll report on that on our next podcast. <laughs> right on. Are we going to kickstart? This show? Yeah, let's kickstart this show. So uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, First, the Kickstarter for the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival 2023 edition is now live. Live, live. That's awesome. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Secondly, you were just listening to Gather Each Witch, the lead cut from Rot Among Us, the brand new release from Detroit's own Acid Witch. God, I dig this band so very much. And uh, we got their new music that we're going to be featuring throughout the episode, maybe a few old cuts, plus an interview with uh, one of the members of the band, Slasher Dave himself, which I'm really looking forward to. Right on. But in the meantime, we will gather each witch for the 2023 Bombat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. So, dude, what was exciting about this, as we mentioned last episode, I actually drove down to California and we shot all of our Kickstarter videos together for the first time in For the Bone first Bat time history. ever. Yeah, in the same location. Yeah, it's always you, been like me, I, I film camera. it on my side. Yeah, you film it on your side. And what's more, it was like a 48-hour film challenge, right? Because we, like, <laughs> scripted it. We rehearsed. We shot it. We took a look at it. We fixed some things. Like, we did it all within about a 48-hour period. You're, you're giving us way too much credit there. I mean, yeah, we we got some ideas together. We filmed them. We acted. But then afterwards, you you went home and, and dicked around with it and turned it into an actual group of films. It's not like I sat there trying to help make this thing that I did into anything that's actually real. That's on you. And you probably took more than 48 hours to do so. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. Much like your sex life, sure, you were only responsible for maybe 30% of it, but... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say for the first 30 seconds. <laughs> also true. But this was absolutely a group project. We thought the videos are pretty funny. I hope you enjoy them, too. Agreed. And uh, this gets us on the road to the next film festival, which will be April 22nd, 2023 at Sif Cinema Egyptian in Seattle which uh, we mentioned last episode, we're moving from the Uptown Theater, which is kind of like an old-school cineplex, to a big old-school picture palace, and uh, we're pretty thrilled about that. It's going to be neat to see the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors in such rarefied location. You know, we talk every year about the Kickstarter. We're launching a Kickstarter. We're doing the Kickstarter. We're having a Kickstarter. There exists a small universe of people out there that don't actually comprehend what a Kickstarter is outside of a motorcycle. (laughs) That's a really good point, actually. Good thinking, man. So the Kickstarter is the way we make this whole festival happen. It is the way we get our seed money each year to launch the film festival. And while that matters to us, it might not matter to you so much. And here's the part that matters to you. 
someone, some person interested in attending the film festival pledges money to the Kickstarter. Usually, that's the way they are buying their ticket. So if we hit a certain financial goal, we get enough people who pledge, then that money comes out of your account and turns into a ticket or a t-shirt or an enormous package later on. If we don't hit the goal, you don't have to pay anything. Your money is safe. It's not like one of those pyramid scams. It's not something else where we just take your money and you hope that we do what we say we're going to do. So there is really no, almost no risk. There's always risk. There's almost no risk for you, the paying customer, to fund a Kickstarter. And it's a really great way from your end to help make a thing happen that you're interested in making happen, be it a board game, be it a book, be it a film, be it a film festival. But that's the way we get our our funds up front to do things like put a deposit down on the venue, pay the artist, pay for crap, all the crap we got to pay for up front. That's right. Renting the theater is a big thing. So that helps us get our location locked in and then... When the festival happens, you get to show up and enjoy the largesse of that. In addition, uh, your tickets are a little bit cheaper if you buy them up front. You're helping us out, so we cut you a little bit of break on that. If you were, say, to get a T-shirt or an enormous package, which uh, an enormous package is a swag bag that's got a T-shirt, a poster, a ticket to the fest, and additional other stuff that we pulled together from our sponsors and other places. So it's a pretty neat little value that uh, you can only get through the Kickstarter. And believe me, there are lots of people every year who come up like, what are these people? They all have these awesome swag bags. How do you get one of those? Huh? You had to do it through the Kickstarter. Because we have to prepare those in advance. They take a lot of work. Yeah, that, and that's one of the benefits that we kick back to you is offering exclusive things if you help us get this thing funded up front. Uh, you can't show up late and want an enormous package that's just not going to happen for you that's right so that's a kickstarter and now we're doing it so please get your cheapest possible tickets right now by kickstarting this fest so you can go to the link on the bone bat page and that will take you directly to the kickstarter you can pledge now and every uh, day that we receive pledges during the campaign we post a short from the previous year on our Facebook event page, which is always a lot of fun. You get to revisit some old favorites from previous years. Uh, Additionally, we'll have some big announcements and additional videos throughout the campaign, including the announcement of our musical guest for next year, as well as our poster and T-shirt artist. Absolutely. So uh, a lot of excitement to come over the next 30 days. The Kickstarter will end on December 16th. 2022 at 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, And again, you will not be charged. Your credit card will not be charged until that date. And again, only if we fund fully, which we have eight times previously now. So the odds are pretty good given the generosity of our backers and film fiends. Not only that, you are 100% guaranteed that if you give away tickets to the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival for Christmas, you will get laid. It is science. <laughs> right on. Just throwing that out there. So kickstart this. Kick. What is the What is the right way to say this? Is it kicking start? Kickstart. Yeah, I know kickstart. I guess. Yeah. I guess. All right. 
Oh, Kick one other it. thing we should mention, too, is filmmakers, what? submissions are open now through March 1st for your shorts. So we want to see comedy and horror shorts. Uh, what are you saying, Gord? You'd like to see a little more horror this year? I want more horror. You know, it used to be we would really work to find those little comedy horror gems. And I'd like to think we've changed the, the nature of the universe because I am seeing a lot of comedy horror and not very much straight up horror. Very little has even made me budge in my seat so far, and I've watched a bunch of these. So scare me, make me leap into the air. Either way, though, if you've got a comedy, horror, and or comedy horror short that you would like to see on the big screen in Seattle, shoot it over to us via Film Freeway and submit now. We'd love to see your work. Word. All right, so... uh, before we get to Slasher Dave and a little more music from Acid Witch, uh, why don't we do what we always do about this time, Gord? What that, pisses Steve? you off, man? I'll tell you what pisses me off, Steve, and this, it's not just me. I went out <laughs> with you to a restaurant. You did. To a tiki bar, in fact, because that's how you roll. No paper menus. No goddamn paper menus. Just a couple nights ago. I went out to an incredibly fancy pants restaurant. The fanciest of fancy pants restaurants. Really, I was out of my league. No paper menus there either. In all of these places, they still make you point your fucking phone at a fucking code on the table and then scroll through a bunch of crap, hoping you have enough bars, hoping you have enough Wi-Fi to compete with everybody else in the place. It's bullshit. Print a damn menu, restaurants. (laughs) God damn it. Yeah, it does seem like, especially with tiki bars, often they're in like a grotto underneath a boiler in a brick basement of a building or something yeah. like that. And it's like, yeah, I for some reason, I, I can't seem to bring your menu up on my phone. This has happened to me multiple times, and it kind of it's a little bit infuriating. I had to like walk out to the sidewalk to download the menu and then come back into the bar <laughs> yeah. so I could, you know, so I can place an order. It's a, it's a little bit nuts. Yeah, I'm not a fan it's, of that either. It's bad and enough. Especially, you... I'm, I'm getting older now, and you're in a dark place. You know, a, a nice, well-printed menu would not be remiss. With large font, perhaps. <laughs> Braille, maybe. I don't know. Braille, I don't know. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of tragic, too, because a bunch of people sit down together to enjoy some time together. The first thing... You know, the worst thing is if everyone just goes and starts pecking at their phone, but the freaking restaurant makes everyone take their phone out now and start paying attention to their phone just so they can order drinks and be social. It's bullshit. (laughs) We know that the monkey pox, we know that the COVIDs, we know that all those things are not spread by menu touching. So come on, print some damn menus. Piss me (laughs) off. What about you, Steve? What pisses you off? You know, Gord, uh, in my journey to California, uh, there are some liquors you can't get in the greater Seattle area through reasons of distribution or whatever. And so I had this grand dream in my mind that I was going to restock Dagon's Deep Room, our home bar, with uh, a few choice bottles from my trip on the road. And uh, I was almost uniformly disappointed in the liquor store offerings in California. I must have stopped by a dozen different liquor stores, and not one of them was better than your average Total Wine and More. 
I gave so many mom and pops like a chance across the state from Wairika, California, all the way to Sacramento and couldn't find like any number of really cool boozes that you should be able to find out in the world if you're outside of Washington. I was totally disappointed and frankly it pissed me off. <laughs> I don't even think some of these things exist, Steve. I we go, we walk pictures. into a liquor store. Yeah, I know. I could show you a picture of a jackalope, too. That doesn't mean they're real. Cronin Swedish Punch could hmm. not get a bottle. I found a bottle of Batavia Iraq, which I can use to make Swedish Punch, but I couldn't find the Swedish Punch itself. I couldn't find Cobra Fire Armagnac, which is kind of like a brandy. Uh, <laughs> couldn't find any of that. I don't know. You're making stuff up. Do you have this sperm de fluke derp? What? You're in a 7-Eleven, sir. <laughs> Diamond Reserve 151, a new product from El Dorado Rums. Uh, I couldn't find that. So, yeah, it was kind of infuriating, man. I was looking all over the place. Places that were supposed to be open, door closed with a sign saying their stock is 30% off. Other places, just a terrible collection of... Anything beyond, like, Malibu rum. It was it was wholly disheartening, man. I, I would think that you Californians would have a little more pride in your drinking. That's just fucking embarrassing, frankly. Well, I don't drink, so I don't know. Yeah. I did I did walk with you past the same group of porty potties like six to eight times <laughs> trying to find this one That's fictional right. liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was weird. But, yeah, it's uh, it was disappointing. That pisses me off, man. I'm kind of th- appreciative now, though, more of the... Local Seattle liquor stores, they're not bad, to be honest. Well, we all got together ahead of time, and we said, how do we make Steve really appreciate what he has? Put the good yeah. sh- hide the good shit. Hide Steve's the good shit. From Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry we don't have your incredibly obscure, tasty thing that you want to mix with 17 other different kinds of Hawaiian punch, but... <laughs> 17 other kinds of tasty, delicious things. Right, to make Hawaiian punch. Hey, you know what? I made my ties for your book group, my friend, and that was a big hit. Yes, that's true. So you may mock my my fruity drink mixology, but uh, it was successful in all the right ways. Yeah, well, I'm not going to, I I cannot argue with that. (laughs) No less of a luminary than Paul Zinn of the Nickel Slots. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're you're going to drop names now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because Nickel Slots have been on the show. We're big fans, so I think I could drop Paul's name. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and Paul knows his way around a, uh, a mixed drink, too. So There you go. That's high praise. Right on. Oh, now I'm feeling better. Why don't we listen to a tune? Let's do it. This is uh, another brand new cut from Acid Witch, the new release, Rot Among Us, and this is the title track. Enjoy! Okay. 
We are back once again. That was Rot Among Us, the title track from the brand new release from Acid Witch on Hell's Headbanger Records. And joining us now, Slasher Dave. How you doing, man? Boop, boop. What's up? Thank you so much for joining us on the show. I got to say, I'm kind of kicking myself in the ass about this because this is the exact kind of band I love. You know, I'd heard your name kind of around in the metal circles for a while and I hadn't given you a listen. And then uh, I started checking you out, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is horror-flavored death metal. I love that shit. Oh, and then, cool. Steve loves you guys so much. He cannot like, stop talking you know, about you. checking out a little more about you. And, like, you and Shagrat used to work in haunts. And you guys go yep. to Cinema Wasteland. You guys do horror conventions. And you love horror movies. Like, you're just into the same shit we are. So you're our people. Awesome. And uh, it's awesome to have a chance to chat with you. Hell, yeah. I'm actually a little worried that Steve is going to leave me for you, so... <laughs> I'm glad you enjoy the music that much. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, we're also comic book fans like you are, and we love a good origin story. So, how did Acid Witch get started, man? Um, Acid Witch was originally just me on MySpace. Remember the fucking MySpace player? <laughs> I do, yeah. Oh, yeah. We basically got signed from that myspace player really? so like yeah i would put out a song a week i didn't tell anybody it was me it was like a secret 
it was just like you know the profile photo that's all people fucking knew there was no face to it and yeah i would just upload like instrumental heavy doom black sabbath sound and stuff with like john carpenter i guess like kind of synth or organ with it mm-hmm. and uh it just generated a huge interest that i wasn't really expecting from it right on uh yeah, so Razorback Records asked to do an album and get, like, some vocals on it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of knew Billy, which it was Razorback Records. And um, he didn't know it was me. He ended up, like, emailing the email that I set up for the project and had no idea it was me. <laughs> and then I, I ended up, like, calling him and be like, yo, man, that's, <laughs> that's fucking me. He's like, what? I was like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we did the first album on Razorback with uh, Lasse from Hood and Venice on vocals and then on Stoned, the second album. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of because of live reasons, I decided to take over on vocals and um, so we could actually play shows and tour because Lasse was all the way in Finland. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so were you already working with Tim at that point or did you bring Oh him yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry, I'm 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 screwing the story up. So <laughs> I we yeah. get asked to uh, do a full-length album on Razorback and I basically just gave him a call. I knew we were into the same music, same shit, and my idea I knew he would really dig. So he was down and yeah, then the acid which was born. Right on. Did you know like Mike Tuff and Phil that early in the game, or was it more oh. like a uh, like a midnight type thing where you're doing this as a project, and then the band sort of grew as you the live uh, necessity would dictate? Yeah, basically, um, it was all me. Like the first couple albums. Mike Tufts, uh, he's a little bit on uh, Evil Sound Screamers, but pretty much all of our discography is me on guitar. Oh, okay. So he's always been more of a live member. We're trying to get him on the albums a little bit more, but yeah, he, he usually takes care of the live stuff. Phil, I've known since third grade, <laughs> and we had a punk band when we were 16 years old together in Detroit, and... We've been jamming forever, yeah. Right on. That's great. So, yeah, we go back going to haunted houses. So before we started working and I met Tim in the haunt industry, me and Phil were going to them, like just <laughs> obsessed with them. Halloween's kind of always been in all of our blood. Yeah, sure. I know that Michigan is kind of famous for its haunts, that uh, you've got yeah. a, lot of, a lot of big stuff out here. I found myself a little bit envious because we have a few good haunts, but not like one in every town like you might find in Michigan or Ohio. Yeah, I think it's changed now, but when I was growing up, uh, Detroit was like haunt capital of the world, so we had the most haunted houses per square mile. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it was was wild. (laughs) Let's talk about the uh, new album, Rod Among Us, a little bit. one of the things that immediately caught my attention was Gather Each Witch, which we opened the show with tonight. It's just an amazing statement of purpose for this Halloween-themed album, man. It's so cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, it's my favorite intro we've ever done for an album, for sure. 
fun fact, when the vocals start, the gather each witch part, uh-huh. the chant, that's an older lady that's in like a bike club that I ride my bike with and <laughs> I got her over in my basement screaming and she's the sweetest you know lady and you would never think that voice would come out of her but that's actually uh an older woman doing those vocals it's not us <laughs> that's right amazing. on that's so cool yeah <laughs> well one of the things that uh, is interesting i found about this album is how much true stories you have interweaved through the narrative on these different songs like uh devil's night doom for instance i lived in southern michigan uh, a little bit from like 95 to 2000 so i remember devil's night being a thing like is that yeah. is there still an arson spree every year on that night i don't think it's anything like it was in the 80s or 90s if there is still anything i'm, I'm sure stuff still happens but the kids you know, it it wasn't only people burning down houses for insurance money. It was kids playing pranks, and we would go out and, like, TP a house or put shaving cream on windows or whatever. Sure. K- kids are on their fucking phones now. They don't care about, like... <laughs> they don't want to burn things like, down. Damn it. Yeah, they don't want to do shit like that, so... In that sense, you know, the mischievous part, because I got, you know, it's called Mischief Night in other states. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think that part of it is, you know, been dying for a long time. People don't really want to do that shit anymore. Well, yeah, and uh, I mean, to, we, to find, like, you know, get some dog poop in a bag and a lighter. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts there. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a lot of work, but when I, I'm not joking. On Halloween Day... When we would drive around, like, in our neighborhood years ago, 20 years ago, we would just see houses that are just fucked. Like, <laughs> these people are going to be cleaning. It ruins their day. <laughs> like, and I don't I don't see that at all anymore. So I'd say it's a bit tame compared to what it was. That's uh, interesting how things... And one of the things I remember was, like, specifically hearing the local news in the Detroit area would really kind of fire it up. Like, But they did about everything, right? It was like the, oh, yeah. the, the filthy restaurant list, like, you know. The, oh, yeah. The restaurants are filthier than ever. And will the lunch you had today make you shit blood? Film at 11. <laughs> and you had, like alcoholic Bill Bonds like just <laughs> raging live on TV in Detroit so right. you know p- put alcohol into the mix and you got some fun <laughs> yeah you keep it pretty local you you've got the song 5508 uh, Martin Street which is yep. about I, 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 and I had to look it up I didn't know if the Detroit demon lived there or the Detroit hag lived there it's, is that just two different names for the same Detroit creature or those yeah, two different things? I would say that, yeah, I would say that's probably just, you know, two different interpretations of it. Most people, myself included, have never heard of of this local terror. Walk us through what your understanding of the uh, Detroit demon is. Um, well, what happened at 5508 Martin Street, uh, if you hop on Google or whatever, and I, I want to say a newspaper pops up, like a local old newspaper scan. And from that, basically, uh, family moves into a house. Uh, Dad needs some rest 
because he's working lots of hours and there's a weird little back room. So anyway, dude, you know, starts working in the back room, taking naps back there and working. And he started to have these really screwed up dreams. And um, basically, yeah, just to the point of like needing to get out of the house and claiming that the dreams were so vividly real that he didn't know what was a dream and what was reality anymore. And yeah, it's real scary shit. Wow. Yeah, claims he saw a witch, a uh, horrid hag that he, there's this crude little cool drawing in the newspaper article if you look it up. But yeah, he claims that he dreamed of a witch that haunted him. Holy shit, I gotta check that out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so anyway, the uh, new album, Totally Kick-Ass on uh, Hell's Headbangers Records. And you also do some solo stuff under the name Slasher Dave, correct? Yeah, um, I do like, I guess you'd call it horror soundtrack, sounding stuff, John Carpenter-influenced, Goblin-influenced, Halloween music, instrumental Halloween music, yeah. So that's good for our listeners who aren't metalheads. That also might be a way to sort of tap into this amazing music. Yeah, um, I have a lot of people message me about the Slasher Dave solo stuff and just say like, oh, I love reading a, a book or painting or writing because there's no lyrics to kind of distract you. And I feel like it's a lot more digestible than death metal is. Uh, with Ass of Witch, like, I get that. It's <laughs> instrumental music. Anybody can kind of get into that i feel like sure yeah uh, good art music good good for being creative yeah so if you're doing one of those uh those drawing a day during halloween i can't think of a better soundtrack for it than that that's awesome yeah all right man well uh one last question we always ask all of our guests here on the bone bag show dave what pisses you off man so much shit uh i guess what pisses me off a lot lately is uh people being lazy you gotta fucking constantly fucking go. Stop being a lazy piece of shit and fucking get some shit done. <laughs> right on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Words to live by. Yeah. Putting that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, well, why don't you introduce this next tune? The next tune is Devil's Night Doom from the new album Rod Among Us. Detroit firefighters are brightly bracing for Devil's Night. That's the annual pre-Halloween arson spree. Last year, 281 blazes were reported. City officials are taking steps to try and stop the fire. Intoxicated Chaos brings a thrilling heart 
Popcorn you're eating has been pissed in. Film at 11. All right, uh, we are back once again. That was Devil's Night Doom from Acid Witch off their brand new release, Rot Among Us. You can find Acid Witch's work at acidwitchofficial.bandcamp.com or uh, through the Hell's Headbanger Records website. Uh, thanks again to Slasher Dave for joining us on the show. Gord, you got any uh, weird stuff this week? I do. You know, in honor of Detroit and Michigan, 
I got a story from that neck of the woods. Apparently, in Michigan, they're finding more and more abandoned alligators. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, I've heard of, you know, sewer gators in New York. I've heard of sewer trout in Sacramento. But uh, I would think Michigan would too, be too cold a place for abandoned alligators to be a problem. But apparently, it is. Specifically, I want to talk about one man, Josh Applebaum. He says that he purchased an alligator from a store in Roseville, and it is illegal for anyone in Roseville to possess, breed, exchange, buy, sell, or attempt to offer to buy or sell certain exotic animals, including specifically alligators. But Mr. Applebaum says, I had a crazy idea, like, why not get a guard gator instead of a guard dog? So he, he got this alligator, and he named it Karen, which is fantastic. And then the gator got loose. He says, and that's how she got out on the street. I was filming TikTok videos. She was right behind me. She left marks right here. And then she came up the street, and then poof, vanished. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Karen, the alligator, was eventually located and brought to a rescue facility, which is probably better equipped to care for alligators than Josh Applebaum. A local uh, news channel investigated this a little further. Uh, local four, they asked where he purchased the alligator and he pointed them to a, uh, a pet store. Someone who works at the store denied selling the alligator, but uh, Josh Applebaum actually has a receipt that shows the sale. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the store said, we don't sell them, but Josh Applebaum said, I got a receipt on my phone. Look, I bought it back in April. I have it right on my phone right here. I can show it to you. See, Great Lakes <laughs> Reptile, there is a purchase agreement, and it says, I quote, Gator. <laughs> <laughs> the employee says, I wasn't there. Past employees were probably selling stuff illegally. <laughs> Management safe, asserts right? that they no longer sell alligators. <laughs> So, yeah, Detroit, if the uh, if the hag doesn't get you, the gators will. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, wasn't there like an episode of Atlanta that was kind of like that? Yeah, that's right. I, I just watched that uh, <laughs> episode one of uh, season two. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Cat Williams. He's got an alligator in the house. <laughs> Cops are like, does he really have an alligator? <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. All right, man, yeah. why don't we listen to another tune? Let's do it. All right, uh, why don't we check out the aforementioned 5508 Martin Street from Acid Witch.
Slasher Dave from Acid Witch. You are listening to the Bone Bat Show. All right, once again, that was 5508 Martin Street from Acid Witch. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Gord, uh, why don't we do a little multimedia triage? What have you been digging on lately? Well, I've been digging on a lot of uh, shorts that have been submitted to our film festival. Outside of that, I haven't had a lot of stuff to put my eyeballs on, and I've been waiting for movies to come to the screen that I want to watch. And against my better judgment, I watched Black Adam, <laughs> which, you know, I went into this thing thinking it was probably going to be kind of a garbagey DC movie, and it was kind of a garbagey DC movie. It, it wasn't entirely terrible, but it just, it was just like they just did a bunch of knockoff superheroes they weren't even trying i'm gonna sum it up i'm gonna sum it up for you as follows spoiler alert i guess here we go angry superman aka black adam teams up with dollar store ant-man and the limited edition gold lemay dr strange and then there's one of those poorly conceived x-men characters who has a power of wind and nanobots i guess because those go together but the nanobots they need because they have a big fight where they kill and maim just a whole shit ton of civilians. But they have to, like, help the one kid, you know, after they finish their dick measuring contest. They use the nanobots to heal, like, the, the one kid that's a scrappy little brother of the hot girl. 
And then they didn't heal anybody else with the nanobots. I guess they forgot that they had this power. I don't know, because fuck those people. Anyway, then there's this asshole bird guy, and then they all have a big fight in front of a green screen. That's... <laughs> and then it was over. Wow. <laughs> there's an evil crown, too. It's like a yeah, danger hat. Look out for that fucking shit. Huh. I don't know. Black Adam. It... <laughs> Apparently, there's going to be real movies on the screen soon, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So uh, we watched uh, a couple episodes of Cabinet of Curiosities together when I joined you in California. What was your thoughts on that? Oh, man, I liked it. I, I've watched every one of them except the very last one. Weirdly, I thought the Lovecraft stories were the the least awesome in this, but it's a different director for each hour-long film, and for the most part, they're really good. I really like the one with the about the blast in the coal mine. Yeah. I like that. I yeah, like the, the one. The, that's the autopsy, right? Right. Yeah. That's pretty disturbing. That that one is dark and really gross. I loved it. Yeah, it, but and it's good sci-fi too. It's not yeah. just horror. It's good sci-fi. And I really thought the second to last one was fun. Uh, what's that one called? The Viewing? That was one of my favorites. The Panos Cosmatos. Now, I know you weren't a big fan of Mandy. And this thing drips of Mandy, but it was like a, a Mandy-esque Lovecraft story, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and it was an absolute 80s-style horror movie. The only thing I thought that I didn't like about it was the ending was rather abrupt. It should have... The ending should have just been five minutes long, longer, more sinister, more... Raise the stakes a bit. Hmm, but, yeah, uh, okay. I could see that. It just... When it ended, I was like, wait, what? That's it? I thought that for whatever reason, my uh, my playback device had, had crapped out. I thought I hadn't streamed it all the way through. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought it was uniformly, the quality was pretty damn high. And, uh, of course, you know, most of the Lovecraft fans that I know hated the Lovecraft episodes. But uh, I thought they were fine, you know. I didn't hate them. They, they, I just they thought they weren't as strong as the other stuff. a different twist on those stories, which, you know, many of us have read or seen uh, a number of times, and so this se seemed like a, a new way to try to tackle them, and I, I didn't begrudge that at all. I liked yeah. the little intros with Guillermo. I thought those were fun. I like the rats. <laughs> yeah. What was that? The rats in the grave? Well, I don't even remember the name, but it was about the grave robber, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was one of my favorite episodes as well. Uh, there was only one of the episodes I didn't love, which I just thought was a little bit dull, but uh, for the most part, I thought it was one of the better anthology series around and I look forward to another season. Yeah, it was super cool. Uh, you know, the other thing I watched was SAS Rogue Heroes, which is brought to you from the brains behind Peaky Blinders. And this is the story of the birth of the SAS. And it's, it's a cool world, you know, 1941, the Allies are getting their asses kicked all over North Africa and they try to come up with a way to to counter the German Africa campaign and it is a it's a really exciting short series it's, it's got an arc and you should check it out I think if you're on a PC that thinks it's in Great Britain then it's free through <laughs> BBC if you're in the United States of America it's just starting up on Amazon and a whole bunch of services. You'll be able to see it soon. It's got 
Alfie Allen in it, who I always like. He's not a total freaking villain like he was in Game of Thrones. He's actually uh, someone you root for. It's it's cool. Check it out. SAS Rogue Heroes. Some good World War II action and great acting all the way around. Right on. Uh, I just uh, caught up on a series that I don't think you've watched yet. Andor on Disney Plus, the new uh, Star Wars series. Have you seen that? Not even a single pixel of it. That is pretty fun. It's kind of a tense heist series that takes a side turn into something else with the character uh, Cassie Nandor with uh, Diego Luna, who played the same character in Rogue One. Yeah, did you see? Rogue I do remember. I like I like Rogue One. So I this is that. like more Rogue One. And, okay. Uh, yeah, it was. It's totally good. I, I've been eager to see the next episode each time. So. Good stuff there. Uh, finally, I also wanted to uh, get your review of Metal Night at the Hard Rock Cafe in Sacramento. <laughs> Sacramento. First of all, I want to I want to go on the record and say this isn't in Sacramento. You cannot see Sacramento from this place. Well, you, not unless you go up to the the honeymoon suite of the hotel. Maybe uh, then you can. So, you know what? That's entirely possible. I thought you were with me the whole time, and I didn't go up to the honeymoon suite. I didn't. That's just a, a speculation on my I did have a young tweaker offer to roll around with me, but I think that she was threatening to kick my ass because she... <laughs> was that what it was? Yeah. It was like the first time anyone has ever uttered these words in the history of my life, and they said, to me, you're blocking my view. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was, Who cannot see over me? So that was one of the things. So when I the tickets went on sale, uh, this is for the Merciful Fate concert in Sacramento. And uh, for the people who don't know, Merciful Fate, legendary metal band, never plays in the United States. The lead singer, King Diamond, he's brought his band here a number of times. But uh, Merciful Fate had not played in the U.S. in like over 20 years. And uh, they came back in... Uh, I want to say August and played Psycho Las Vegas. It was like the first time on American soil. And then immediately their rumor came out that they were going to do a brief U.S. tour. And so I was expecting, okay, you know, next spring, I'm going to save up my money, go see Merciful Fate in Seattle or whatever. And then it turns out like a couple of weeks later, tickets go on sale at 730 in the morning and it's 14 dates only. And the nearest one is Sacramento. And so, like, I call Gordon up, and, dude, <laughs> he wakes you up, and you're like, what happened? I'm like, no, nobody died. It's yeah. okay. What are you doing talking to me at this hour? Listen, uh, I know this is a weird request, but uh, if I buy you a ticket to Merciful Fate, will you go with me? Fucking this band Midnight that I love is opening, and also Creator, a German thrash band, legendary, who I haven't seen. I, I'd love to come see this, this bill. Will you go? And you kindly agreed to do it, so... It all worked out because I drove down. We did the Kickstarter videos together. We got to hang out all weekend. It was super fun. Oh, yeah. I thought that I was buying tickets in the front row or the balcony. And <laughs> so we get there, and the seats are like we're in the front row of bleachers behind the crowd that's on the floor standing. So Yeah, so we get like six inches of rise in the front row. Right, which fucking blew. There was no way that you could, and I'm over six foot, there's no way I could see the stage, like the drums and the monitors and everything, unless I stood 
blocking whoever's view was behind me. It was a shitty deal. And yeah, but you know, people at a show, you, you just expect to stand up. That's, right, just, that's just the way it is. I didn't realize that I'm standing there like watching the show and there's a woman threatening to kick your ass right <laughs> behind me. Well, to, to her credit, she was threatening to kick everybody's ass, but I was just the one that made eye contact because I couldn't figure out what was going on. I was like, wow, she's really yelling at someone. Oh, she's yelling at me. Goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. No, eventually I, I turned back around because other people were getting involved and I really needed no part of that. Yeah. Those, those seats were bullshit. Sorry about that. I had, I known I would have made other decisions. <laughs> Fuck. What are you going to do? No, it was a good show. We had a good time. We midnight, got to see. Right. Fucking yeah. Midnight. God, those guys rule. Big yeah. fan. Creator yeah, they were... was lots of fun. Huge stage show. Loud fire pots blowing off. Merciful Fate looked fantastic. They sounded great. I mean, I understand King Diamond's falsetto is a choice. It is a acquired taste. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. So I, I like hear. that taste. And that flavor appeals to me. And I thought that that was a, a tight, awesome, fun set. Especially the night before Halloween. Who the fuck else would I want to see the night before Halloween the Merciful Fate? But uh, what did you think? Oh, musically, they were they were so tight. They were really a fun band just to listen to musically. I I have not yet acquired Mr. Diamond's, uh, the taste <laughs> for Mr. Diamond's vocal stylings, I got to admit. But I was probably the only one there who wasn't. You know, you could look around and be like, all right, everyone signed up for this, and they are digging it. So what he does, he does well. It's just, hmm, you know, maybe not entirely my cup of tea. Opening act, absolutely shredded. Those guys were so much fun to watch. Yeah, I, I and, look forward to here. seeing Midnight Headline because they will be soon, mark my words. They've just exploded this last summer. They did like the summer festival tour in Europe and got so big so fast. And then, like I got lucky enough to see them at Northwest Terror Fest when they filled in at the last minute for Cryptic Slaughter when that band got COVID. So it was pretty amazing that I just out of the blue had a chance to see them fucking twice this year. That's awesome. Yeah, they were really fun. I, I, they should have been the headline. That was actually my favorite act of the three. <laughs> really? Was was the opening yeah. band? Yeah. Oh yeah. I but, um, Nobody was standing for fucking midnight either. I was just like, God damn, really? I'm the only one. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you pissed off the tweaker with all the stuff in her face. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. See what happens. Yeah. See what happens when you stand up. By the time you hear this, the tour is over. So. Uh, next time Merciful Fate comes to the States, you should see them. They're pretty kick-ass. And Midnight, you don't want to miss them either. Awesome, man. Check them out. All right, should we listen to another tune? We should, Steve. All right, uh, why don't we dip back uh, a couple of years to dip, dip. Uh, Acid Witch's second album called Stoned from Hell's Headbangers, 2015. Gord, this tune is called Metal Movie Marijuana Massacre Meltdown. Metal Movie Marijuana Massacre Meltdown? That's right. By Acid Witch. <laughs>
these are the Hartz Mountains of Asia, a terrain so rugged, so treacherous, no country will claim it. Worse than Detroit? I'm afraid so. Right, uh, once again, that was Metal Movie Marijuana Massacre Meltdown by Acid Witch from Stone 2015 on Hell's Headbangers Records. Check it out at acidwitchofficial.bandcamp.com. Uh, following that, Gord, I threw in a bonus cut. Acid yeah. Witch's cover of the 45 Grave classic Party Time I want from a party. their Midnight Movies EP. How about that, sir? Nice. Enjoy, folks. 45 Grave. Thank you again to Slasher Dave for joining us on the show. Uh, Once again, you can find Acid Witch's work at acidwitchofficial.bandcamp.com. Our usual bullshit, you can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. We have new content on bonehand.com every once in a while. It's also the home of the heavy half hour. You can find my stuff at mightywombat.com new cartoon every week my most recent cartoon is so funny i made myself laugh uncontrollably uh we're also on the facebooks over there we got a bone bat show page and i have a mighty wombat page on facebook as well as instagram i think right yeah yeah you can follow me on twitter i'm bonehand over there we also have a bone bat twitter feed which is where we will be posting information about the kickstarter campaign as it progresses as well as on our facebook event page assuming twitter isn't just like on fire and falling eh, into a swamp by then yeah well we'll see i i'm not going to get too political about twitter i don't use it enough to have much of a vested interest but it is a good place if you follow twitter to keep up on the Kickstarter campaign. Additionally, the event page for the festival is where you will find a short every single day that we receive a pledge for the next month. So, so uh, pledge, we people. We hope to see you over there. That's right. Thank you very much again for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Again, Kickstarter opens now for the 2023 Bumbat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. Cheapest way to get a ticket, only way to get an enormous package. 11 hours of top comedy horror entertainment. 30 to 40 shorts from around the world. Maybe a feature or two. And live music from a band that I can barely contain myself. Don't say it. Don't say it. It's a secret still. And not tell you about at this moment. Art and t-shirts and posters from a spectacular artist that I can barely contain myself. Still I can't wait to share it with you. So join us during the campaign. Uh, One final tune, Gordon? Yeah, let's do a final tune, Steve. All right. uh, Why don't we listen to the closing track from Rot Among Us by Acid Witch. This is called Gundella the Green Witch. I hope you dig it. Once again, this is Steve. And this is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. Now take a, take a good look at me. Now take a good look at me. Here I am. I'm 50 years old. I'm grossly overweight. I have a complexion that is horrible, hair that is terrible. And do you know that there are men who tell me I am beautiful? Now, if I can do that, think what those young girls have going for them. See? It's all, spell casting is nothing more than what you project to other people through your own beliefs. 
to Detroit. No! No, not Detroit! No! No, please! Everything was that! No! No! This is awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's no problem. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit stop.